Hi guys, podcasting's Rich Siegfried here. This episode was recorded live at Mobicon. We did this stop on our tour a little different. We didn't have any actors, so Davey and I decided to do an improvised Q&A with Mr. Adventure, Kid Adventure, and Solomon Stone. You're about to hear about 30 minutes of solid improv as three different characters. It was fun, it was challenging, God was it tiring. I hope you enjoy this little experiment. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Eleanor Adams, and this is Sapphire City Tonight. We have a special guest tonight. Most of you know of him. Several of you have been personally rescued by him. We have the very own Mr. Adventure on the show. Welcome to the show, Mr. Adventure. Well, thank you, Eleanor. I appreciate it. Just so you know, at some point in time, I may have a few other friends coming in. Uh, my sidekick, oh. Kid Adventure, as well as uh, kind of my partner at arms, Solomon Stone. He's the curator of the Museum of the Unknown, I'm sure. A lot of the kids out in the audience and out there in Radioland have probably gone through there on field trips and whatnot. And I don't know, we may even have our narrator come in, the gentleman who does the very popular radio show, Amazing Pulp Adventure, starring Mr. Adventure. He'll probably be coming in and answering any questions that the audience might have. So, why don't we take some... <laughs> Improv! <All right. laughs> Perhaps we should turn it over to the audience if they have any questions. Then I'm sure that our audience has several questions for you. So let's take the first question, shall we? Mr. Adventure, why don't you work for money? Well, I happen to have a very wealthy benefactor that supplies all of my crime fighting with the various needs uh, that I might have, whether it's equipment or support. I've also found that occasionally... When someone offers money, I'm always worried that it might be seen as affecting my integrity and my ethics. I save the city and I do the things that I do for the people because that's who I love. That is who I serve. Not myself. I don't require the money that they would offer. Uh, who's your benefactor? Well, he likes to keep himself as a silent partner right now. I think it would be, I think it would put him at too much risk, him and his family and his loved ones, if I... Kind of outed him right now. So it's a, it's a it's a guy. It could be. <laughs> Good. I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Adventure Garth Barth from the Daily Blab. <laughs> yes, yes. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, the readers would like to know what is the most dangerous gadget you have in your arsenal. Hmm. I usually try to stay away from anything that would be lethal. Obviously, all the things that I use, whether it's a zip line or sometimes I, I have, I like to use like knockout gas, things like that. I try to do my best to not actually harm even the villains. I believe any, anybody that does anything wrong, whether it's against me, the people that I care about, the citizens of Sapphire City, they deserve a second chance. Everyone follows their own path. Some of them want to hurt others, want to fight, want to be evil. And even Doc Tech, a very good friend of mine, once started off as a villain, somebody who was trying to take over the city. And after really being able to sit down with him and talk to him, once they spoke to him, that he kind of realized the error of his ways and started to realize that sometimes trying to do things for the wrong reasons is still wrong, no matter how you feel about them. And so now he fights alongside me. And I've made sure that anybody that works with me, whether it's Crimson Moth, Doc Phantom, Kid Adventure, anyone does not use anything that's lethal that could actually hurt those who could turn their lives around to do good. Oh, if that's the case, Mr. Adventure, um, what about your pet in a one-two punch? That seems pretty violent, or Cassandra... Uh... 
Blade of Avalon's uh, sword, you know, swords do cut, they're pretty sharp, and they're pointy and stabby. Well, Cassandra, Knight of Avalon, of course, uh, a person who has traveled through time to fight uh, today, her sword actually has magical properties. Yes, it can cut, it can slash, but it is magically protected to not actually cut deep. Nothing more than, well, a flesh wound. Nothing more than a very shallow cut is all that the villains would would take from uh, from her using that kind of a weapon. And as per my patented one-two punch, well, of course you guys in the newspaper have coined it that. I, I, I don't think I would have done something like that. It's, it is a very powerful punch. But just like there are, are beanbag bullets that sometimes our, our boys in blue have to use to stop a, a mob or fire hoses, that it's something that is very non-lethal. I know exactly where to punch and how hard to punch. I study the people that I have to fight. It is something that is strong enough to go through a wall if necessary, to get to somebody on the other side who needs help. But it is something that my personal self-control would never allow to actually hurt somebody else. And that is a huge responsibility that I take upon myself because I know whether it's any of the kids out there that I need to protect or the adults that look upon me to make sure that they can live in a safe environment, I make sure to not end somebody's life. I think that that would, that would be terribly irresponsible of me and I would hold myself accountable. I would turn myself in if I actually did inflict that kind of life-ending punishment to someone. Then uh, what can you tell us about, you know, Mikey Miller um, pretending to be you and actually breaking that little kid's nose, uh, Steve Miller, at the uh, Sapphire City uh, playground at the park where he's pretending to be you if you're so non-violent? Well, I won't say that violence isn't something that I actually have to take part in. It, it's... It's evident, just as if you see uh, somebody who's trying to harm somebody, sometimes showing a little bit of force, or at least a threat of force, is enough for them to change their mind. That is not a way that I like to go. I would much rather talk it through with them and let them see, let them logically come to the point where they realize that what they're doing is not for the betterment of themselves or the person that they're trying to do that to. Unfortunately, yes, kids, just as I was when I was a child, they like to emulate their heroes, whether it's playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians. And like it or not, sometimes those jobs and certain times in our history were violent. I've always tried to tell children to not necessarily emulate me, but emulate the things that I stand for. So to, to, show, the, the, to show the example that I set, not necessarily the things that I must do to somebody who is willing to take somebody else's life. Now, children fighting on the playground aren't going to take each other's lives, but kids, unfortunately, don't always realize that. I think I may have to actually go onto the radio and maybe do a few PSAs, maybe do some appearances or things like that, not just on this fine show or Eleanor, but some of the other ones that, uh, that maybe may not fit in your demographic to make sure that word gets around, that I don't stand for other people to do violence in my name. I don't even like having to do violence to protect the other people. It's something that is sometimes just needed to be done. Mick Rosenberg from Vanity Fair, and uh, the ladies really want to know, just how good are you in bed? Well, that's, uh... <laughs> well, that, uh... All right, just keep in mind that Sapphire City Tonight is a family show. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. I, I know how to answer this question. I'm actually quite good in bed. I don't think I've had a restless night. Normally, as soon as I lay down, my head hits the pillow. 
pretty much sleep through the whole night. So, uh, feather or cotton? Well, are we talking about my pajamas or my pillows? Your pillows. Well, I, I have to admit... a feather suit. <laughs> well, I would imagine that'd be a little itchy. I imagine it would, too. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't really anticipate asking questions about uh, questions like these on the show, but I'm more than happy to. I know that a lot of people are interested in my personal life. Well, I, I know what you were insinuating with the, uh, the, the bed question, but honestly, the, the only woman in my life is Lady Liberty, is Justice. That takes up most of my evenings. So you're a bachelor, and you're available. The ladies will be happy to hear that. Well, the problem with being available is that uh, even on a dinner engagement, let's face it, I've still got to wear I've got to find an outfit that matches this mask. And at any point in time, whether it's during appetizer, dinner, or drinks afterwards, I may have to rush off. It's especially tough when I go to watch a movie and I see the adventure signal or I'm contacted from the League of Adventurous Heroes and I have to dash out. Come to think of it, I don't think I've actually seen a full movie in about seven years. So, Mr. Adventure, Garth Barth again. So, who springs for the bill when you have to, say, exit quickly? <laughs> well, fortunately, wherever I go, and it's been a while since I've obviously been on a date. I've obviously got other priorities. Usually, I have an account, an expense account, at wherever I go. I make sure that I frequent certain places, places that know me. And I always go and settle back up later on. I would never ask for a lady to pay for me. Remember, the, the time and age that we're at, we gentlemen must be exactly that gentleman. Whether it's to a little old lady to help her across the street, hold a door for a lady, and certainly not letting a lady fit the bill. Mr. Adventure, Pure, uh, Peoria Fashion Gazette, about your costume, uh, spandex or fleece? <laughs> well, I, I know I try to... I try not to make too many uh, public appearances in fighting because if there's a lot of spectators around that anything could happen, whether it's rubble falling or, or bodies sometimes. Uh, I do tend to get tossed around a lot. That, that whole non-lethal thing, yeah, the bad guys don't normally agree with that. <laughs> they don't tend to follow the same ethics I do. But uh, oftentimes it just kind of depends on what's handy. You've never seen me wear a, a certain costume, the... Of course, uh, hanging out with Kid Adventure, sometimes I read comics with them. Hey, I'm a fan of the superheroes, too. Maybe pick up a few pointers. But the thing is, is that uh, a lot of times if we're out and about, because, hey, I've got to get groceries, I've got to do all these things, I'm not going to wear a certain costume or anything like that. Certainly not anything spandex, nothing too terribly colorful. But like it or not, uh, I may need to be called to action at any time. So a lot of times I have to grab whatever's handy to use as a mask. Could be if I'm at a dinner engagement, maybe my, my cummerbund, cut a couple holes in it, and I've got a handy mask. Remember, kids out there, that anything can be a mask when you need to jump into action. I got another question for you. Bringing up what you said about you know going out, dinners, dates, and stuff. You mentioned drinks afterwards. So are you provocating drinking for all the young listeners out there? Of course not. I advocate only the strongest laws. And I may have forgotten we're during Prohibition right now, aren't we? <laughs> um, when, of course, I'm, when I say drinks, I am talking about fruit drinks, things like that, because I try not to have anything that would, of course, dull my senses, especially during these tough times when alcohol and drinks like that are illegal. Remember, I did not actually say alcoholic drinks. Like I said, I always try to... Stick to the laws. The laws are the very things that kind of keep control in this land. 
I only step in when people are breaking the laws and unfortunately are fine fighting forces, whether it's overseas or even here on home soil, they may not just they may just not be enough. If all they have are are regular bullets, if somebody's wearing something bulletproof armor like, they're not gonna be able to stop them. That's when I have to step in. I am Jacques Ricard of the Parisian. I have a question for you about your kid adventure. Yes, absolutely. I believe he's here. He may be able to answer the question for well, you. Well, as you know, your exploits have been <coughs> making your way across to my side of the pond, so to speak. So, Monsieur, I ask you, yeah. why do you put this child in danger? Kid, do you want to handle this one? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, first off, I love your toast. <laughs> that was a pretty good one, huh, Mr. Adventure? Yeah, sure thing, kid. Well, you see, when it comes to going into danger, I understand that sometimes Mr. Adventure can only get to certain places. I mean, he's an adult. Sometimes being a kid can make people, well, they tend to look down on you if you're, if you're only this tall. And so sometimes when they just look at me and they think, oh, he's just some silly kid. Well, I can usually sneak behind him and go ahead and flip the switch or do whatever is necessary to kind of help out Mr. Adventure. Plus, sometimes he just needs backup. He's really strong and he does a lot of good. Thanks, kid. But sometimes he just needs that extra help in hand. Montgolfon, however, you do not understand. A child of your age should not be running around in the streets. Should be in school. How do you think to the to the uh, to the people here who ask why are you not in school? Well, fortunately, we have a really good friend of ours, Solomon Stone. He's the curator of the Museum of the Unknown. Back when I used to go to regular school, before I started helping fight crime, we used to go on field trips there all the time, see a lot of the cool stuff. But see, now I get my lessons from him. I mean, he is a professor at the Sapphire City University and everything. He knows his stuff. So between this, this, this Monsieur Stone and Monsieur Adventure, you have been brainwashed, yes? Well, I do kind of do it by choice. Mr. Adventure has always told me that I can leave at any point in time. Because I know at some point in time, you know, I may want to go and have kids and, and get married and everything like that. And so I realize at some point in time, I may have to give up this life of fighting crime because I wouldn't want my loved ones to be in danger. But that point's a long time away. And so I'm going to keep fighting by my buddy, Mr. Adventure, as long as I can. Colonel Alexander McCarthy from the Military Times Tribunal. Inquiring minds are very interested to know how... Would you, if put in the situation, use your powers for evil instead of good? Oh, that's something that I don't really like to think about. Yeah, I hope not, Mr. Adventure. I don't know if I could beat you. That's all right, kid. I'm sure you'd figure something out. I think it, I think actually using my powers for evil, it, it's something that just, it, it, it's something that does scare me. I understand that out of all of the villains that at any point in time, something happened to them, well, whether it was their upbringing or something that happened in their life that made them think that they wanted to use... Well, I have to interject there, Mr. Adventure. What, what can you tell us about the uh, Dark Mask? Dark Mask is kind of a... a kind of? It's, it's a tough thing to talk about. Um, Dark Mask is actually a kind of a mirror-mirror universe version of myself. <laughs> he... Is a, is a copy from a parallel universe, from Earth Delta. And yes, he does have the same powers that I do. Powers? But it really comes down to motivation. 
I use everything that I have for good. I do what I can to protect the people of Sapphire City and the world. He chose to enslave that world. Yes, but from, from what we hear, he is you. But from another world. Well, that's true. That, does not, he, that means that he is like me, but he is not me. There's well, Mr. Adventure, are you implying that you're living some sort of a double life? No. As I said, that he's from a parallel universe. You wear a mask. Another I think that world. pretty much leads you into living a double life. Well, if you want to look at it from a literal interpretation, yes, absolutely, I do live a, a double life. I didn't really want to get it into semantics about this, not saying I'm anti-semantical or anything like that. I'm sure Shadow Smasher would like that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's very rare to see a hero of the Jewish faith that is willing to come out and, and fight alongside. But, of course, you know, we accept people of all kinds at the League of Adventurous Heroes, just so long as you're willing to stand up and fight for good. Actually, Solomon, he has a better understanding of the, the creation of Earth Delta than I do. Uh, sadly, sometimes I'm kind of, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say the muscle, but being the one with the powers, he, he tends to, Salt and Stone definitely has the brain, so he tends to come up with a lot of the, the strategies and whatnot. <clears throat> yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Venture. Uh, Earth Delta was originally created when uh, a time travel incident, thanks to uh, Eon, the master of time, actually transported Mr. Adventure back into the far-flung past. It, more of an alternate universe, really. I don't know how many of you are familiar with steampunk te technology. It's a fascinating. It's kind of a Victorian-era sci-fi. I personally am a huge fan of Jules Verne, so when I heard that Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure actually went back to that time, oh, it was one of the few times where I actually wish I'd been able to go out there and put my life in danger to see the various airships and, and steam-powered models. But by going back then, Mr. Adventure, something had happened where this alternate universe had been created because Mr. Adventure was removed from the actual timeline. And by going back there, the, this new world was created where an evil version of Mr. Adventure. Now, one thing that you'll realize is that every villain thinks that he is the hero of his own story. It's just that the differences are because of the actions that they do and the ends that they want to meet. So, Earth Delta is spawned from our world, yes, but it is unfortunate, it is a very different world, obviously. If it was the same world, well, we wouldn't be here right now. We'd be enslaved by Dark Mask. Excuse me, Pure Fashion Gazette? Yes. Um, would that explain why Dark Mask's costume is so wonderfully, colorfully coordinated, while our own Mr. Adventure's costume is so drab and awful? Well, well Mr. Adventure, no offense to him. I mean, I think he's a, well, rather dashing, actually. Thanks, Solomon. I appreciate it. That's all right. I... I oh. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. Um, uh, well, you, you, actually, you'd see that, uh, that Dark Mask, actually, he wears pretty much all black. I, and, it, and, it's, and it's wonderful, you see. It's wonderfully slimming. That's my point. Whereas our own adventure, well, he sort of looks rather pudgy, according to our readers. We did a poll on this. Pudgy? Well, I guess I'm going to have to be hitting the gym a little bit more. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, Mr. Adventure. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, we, we've talked about possibly creating some sort of a costume, but I think that some of the villains would probably not take him seriously. I mean, if he showed up with, a, say, a cape or some kind of a silly hat or, a, I don't know, maybe some kind of large cylindrical things around his waist, it might seem a bit silly. So, it, it could be something that the villains may not take him quite so seriously. And, and well, let's face it, sometimes just the... 
the look of intimidation is enough to make certainly any would-be regular criminals on the street run away. I mean, just hearing some of the exploits of Mr. Adventure is certainly enough for many kids to decide to take the path of righteousness. But, but surely something more iconic would be better than a cummerbund as a mask. Well, I only use a cummerbund if absolutely necessary. I do actually try to keep a kerchief that has been uh, sewn with eye holes, uh, so I do have something on hand at all times that I can use as a mask. And you may be wondering why I have to use the mask. It's very much so uh, my benefactors, because if they're tied into me, as I said before, that if they are known publicly, they are at risk. Otherwise, I'd have to almost be like a bodyguard to them, and I wouldn't be able to help the citizens of Sapphire. But, Mr. Adventure, why would covering your own face protect your benefactor? Well, because he is known throughout the town, actually. But, but surely you're not. I mean, if your benefactor is another man entirely... Well, actually, you'll find that uh, we've had our pictures taken numerous times in the newspapers. They've ended up that way. You'll have to go back and maybe contact the newspaper. I'm sure that they could help you with that. But if people tie... In any way, any uh, any of the citizens directly to me, like I said, they're a danger. And I cannot protect them. I can't be around one person 24 hours a day to make sure that they're okay. That's something that I couldn't live with because then the rest of the city would be in danger. The League of Adventurous Heroes, they help out a lot. Crimson, as I said, Crimson Moth, Shadow Smasher, the others, they, they, they do a lot of work. And they're there. at the, They're cruising through the city patrolling every night. But the problem is, is that Sapphire City is a huge city. And we've got a lot of enemies here, a lot of people that are trying to squash our way of life. And so we need to make sure that we're at the ready and patrolling, not just following, not babysitting somebody. Time travel? You believe us, you make us, you want us to believe that there's actual time travel out there? Because <coughs> if you have this wonderful thing of time travel, why not go back and stop World War One? Why not stop this thing that we're going through now with Hitler? I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you want to be this hero, why not be this hero? Time travel is not something that we actually have in our, in our hands. Unfortunately, uh, Eon, the master of time, was somebody who transported me there. I actually have no time travel device or time travel powers. Eon is he's a mystery. We still don't know exactly who he is. He does tend to pop in and out from time to time, raising havoc in my world, certainly. So there, there, is, no, there is no way, there is no scientific evidence of time travel, all I know is what I've experienced, some kind of mystical way I was transported. I'm hoping that Solomon might be working on that. Well, actually, we, we've been kind of tooling around with a few ideas with Dr. Peter Richards. Um, he, is, he is a genius, after all, but we are talking about things that, are, that tend to affect the metaphysical world and timelines. There's always the, the fear of, of paradoxes and, and, oh, you mean chaos theory. Yeah, yes, exactly, kid, uh, chaos theory. Uh, you know, uh, it's the, with the butterfly and possibly causing... Uh, oh, you mean like a typhoon over in Japan? Y yes, that's the one. Oh, I read about one of those in my comic books one time. I thought it was kind of cool. Except for some guy went back in time and he stepped on, I don't know, some kind of prehistoric bug. And next thing you know, he came back and the whole world was different. Well, those are definitely some of the dangers that we, have, we could face. And time travel is not something to muck about with. Mr. Adventure... Uh Garth Barth again here. Uh, sir, what do you see as the perilous dangers of the next, say, decade? What are things you see on the horizon for evil? Well, obviously, right now, we've, we have our local supervillains. They tend to 
they tend to affect things on a very local level. But with Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, and these other human villains, they don't have any superpowers. They have some sort of charisma that people tend to follow. That's something that's very tough to combat. If there was something that I could do, I wish I could. But like it or not, these people are creating various forms of technological terrors. I hear Hitler's been working on some kind of a rocket. And he's, there's also been tell of working on atomic bombs. I'm not going to lie to you, kids. That's something that really scares me. Yeah, but what about your bill on the atomic fist? It sounds like atomic power has already reached its way to Sapphire City. And what about Dr. Zhao, the uh, warlord from the Orient that keeps uh, trying to destroy the city time and time again? Take it over as his throne is power. Well, what, what about Dr. Spectre? I mean, Dr. Phantom, Spectre of Death. Well, fortunately, those people, um, those people have... Uh, they don't have thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in an army. I mean, I understand that I have super strength and I have a lot of friends that ha can help me. But unfortunately, we can only take on one, two people at a time. We can't face entire armies, except for the zombies. But let's face it, they don't really do a whole lot. They just kind of stagger around you. You punch one and they just fall down. So they're a little bit easier. But when it comes to a lot of these technological marvels, and yes, Atomic Fist has atomic power, but he does not have necessarily atomic weaponry. He doesn't have enough atomic energy to build a, a bomb. He has enough to kind of power himself, maybe even occasionally shoot off very small atomic charges, but nothing near the, uh, the, the power that I keep hearing from some of the, the atomic bombs and the research that's being done. You bring again your, your super strength. To what do you attribute your super strength? Well, the origins of that, there's still a little bit of a mystery, we'll say. I know that it's been discussed a few times on the uh, on the Amazing Pulp Adventures radio show starring Mr. Adventure. I really got to get him to change that name. But uh, on Amazing Pulp Adventures, they've dealt with uh, some fictional stories of where my powers have come from. But that's not exactly something I'm at liberty to discuss right now. The... the the story that we are getting across the water is that you have all the strength built up from your uh, uh, frustration from not having a bomb. Well, I tend to put any kind of energy, extra energy that I have, whether from working out or, or fighting crime, uh, especially if it's been a slow night, I tend to do a lot of exercising, um, a lot of lifting weights, things like that. I try to direct it into ways that I can come up with, whether it's new equipment to help me or to um, come up with new strategies to fight some of the uh, some of the potential new villains that can come out. I've been speaking with the government on different ways that I might be able to pitch in a hand during uh, during this war to end all wars. Hopefully, I can do some something to actually end said war. But I don't think that that's something that I'm going to. I think I don't think that's something that I'll ever run out of energy with. By that. Again, thank you very much for answering my questions. Uh, you have, I will bring your message to the world. Uh, what is thank it you. you would like to say to, to the world? Well, there's a lot of evil out there, and you should do your part. Not by fighting evil, but fighting the evil that, could be, that you could do. We all have inside of us sometimes thoughts Sometimes we want to hurt somebody because of something that they said or something that they did to us. 
And we can fight evil on our own. Folks, we can't change the world, but we can put a dent in it. And also, to stay vigilant and stay adventurous. Andrew Moynihan, Boy's Life. I have a question for Kid Adventure. Yeah? Um, what can I do for you, well, sir? What would you say to the aspiring scout that wants to fight crime like you do? Well, gosh. Um, I would say when you're at these scout camps and meetings and stuff like that, something that helps out a lot is learning how to tie knots and rope. I tell you, there's a lot of times where you gotta, you only have a certain length of rope and you gotta tie somebody up or you've gotta make some kind of a caving ladder really quick so you can climb up something and a grappling hook. One time I made a grappling hook out of a, out of a couple tree branches and some rope. That was kind of clever. Yeah, it was, kid. You did a good job with that. Well, until the twig snapped, but we, we still figured out a way. Fortunately, there was a window that was open, so we took that. Yeah, sometimes you like to, you like to try to do the flashy thing, don't you? Well, you know, I'm just trying to be like you. But I would say to really pay attention in school, because a lot of the things that you learn there, it may seem silly, like with math or with English and stuff like that, but you, your brain learns how to, how to react quickly in times. Because you have to learn logic, and you got to learn how certain things can be worked together and can add together, and to build something that will really help you get out of a tight jam. But it's just like Mr. Adventure said, you really got to try to fight any kind of evil things that you might want to do. Because that's how you start. Uh, Mr. Adventure, uh, Garth Barth again. Your, your uh, young protege sounds uh, extremely astute for the young age of, how old are you, young man? I'm 12. Of uh, 12. Uh, is that a true child or is that, again, as the rumors have been saying, a midget? <laughs> oh, I get that all the time. I know I seem really mature for my age, but hey, sometimes I like to just sit around and watch cartoons and read comic books. But, you know, uh, I, I really like little people. I mean, when when Wiz Wizard of Oz came out, boy, I thought it was really cool. At first, I thought it was a bunch of kids. I thought I might have known some of those guys. But as it turns out that they were actually just little people, people that, you know, they may not have grown quite so tall, but they did a lot of good. So, no, I'm not really a midget. I'm really 12 years old, but... You know, I just try to do what I can. And really, age doesn't matter as long as your heart's in the right place. I mean, Mr. Adventure believes enough in me, and that's because I believe in myself. Well, young man, I must say that you sound very intelligent for your age, and whatever your studies are, keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Solomon says I've been doing pretty good. I think my science is going down a little bit. Well, we do have to work on that, kid. Yeah, I know. It's just been kind of tough doing with the homework, because I don't really like homework. Well, you still try, and that's the biggest thing, and you've been getting better at it. Well, thank you, Saul. I mean, I appreciate it. But yeah, sometimes school is hard, but I mean, just keep trying, and, you know, I'm finding that I keep getting smarter and smarter the more I study. So that's a really good message to all the kids out there. Try everything you can at school and do your best. Anybody else got any questions? <laughs> well, actually, I mean, let's face it, it's a bit warm in here. I, I, I don't know if they've actually got all the air on or anything. I think that they tried to turn it down, but let's face it, there's a lot of people in here. I, I, it's actually made me quite nervous. But, uh, Eleanor, I, I don't suppose that we could possibly end the show, could we? <laughs> yes, yes, I believe this would be a excellent finish for the show. I'd like to thank all of you for your lovely questions, and I would, of course, like to thank our guests, Solomon Stone, Kid Adventure, and last but not least, Mr. Adventure himself. Thank you, Eleanor. I appreciate it.
This is Eleanor Adams for Sapphire City Tonight saying good night. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.